0: Please join me in the prayer of illumination. Lord God, you are so rich, and you richly, richly pour out on us all that rich goodness that we so desire and so need. We thank you for your word to us today. We look forward to reading it together in a moment, and we look forward to hearing what you have given Pastor Matt to share with us today. We pray that you would fill him with your spirit. We pray that you would fill us with your spirit. That you would fill this place with your presence. Give us a sense of your glory. And we pray for encouragement, for weary hearts. We pray for comfort for those who grieve. We pray for healing for those in need. Lord, you do all this and more. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to Christ.
1: This is my tenth Easter at the barn, and I am still nervous <laughs> because the good news. It's so sweet and good. And though I'm confident that I'm supposed to be up here, what Presbyterians call an internal and an external call, internal is I want to do it, I like doing it, external is someone hired me, said, yes, we would like for you to do it also. I'm nervous because it will sound too good to be true. But if Jesus indeed rose from the dead, then it's true. Which means you and I can have peace with God and with one another. It means you and I can have joy. A joy that is actually unshakable by the world. Not a joy where we feel happy and light all the time. thats I don't even know what that was dance that I just did. (laughs) but a confidence that there's purpose, that God draws us into that, you and I can have light, even amidst all the darkness around us and in the world. We're doing a series um, this year on prayer. I'm not going to talk specifically about prayer today, but if Jesus rose, then what a gift it is to know who we're praying to and why. And where he is. That's why we locate him in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. It reminds us that he is in heaven now, which reminds us that he will return. And pretty ringy. Good luck. Many years ago, I think 13, 14 years ago, I got to have a um, beverage with Chris Hitchens. He's an English author and a political activist and writer and speaker, brilliant, brilliant man. People often ask what he drank. He had a scotch and soda with a splash of wine on top, which I have never seen anyone do before or since, but that's what he had to drink. Um, he's an atheist. And he's sitting with a table full of Christians and references C.S. Lewis's argument that Jesus is either a liar or a lunatic or who he says he is. And he's like, that's totally true. That's totally brilliant. Jesus was obviously a lunatic because he claimed to be God. Then he said, Chris Hitchens said, and I don't find anything else that C.S. Lewis said compelling or interesting. And all the other Christians at the table, because we kind of sort of almost worship C.S. Lewis, a lot of Christians do, which is ridiculous. We're all like our jaws hit the ground. But I love that he made that point because Jesus not only rose from the dead but predicted that he was going to rise from the dead. He not only said that he forgave sins, he's implying he's the only one that can do it. And that is sweet, sweet news. We worship a risen Christ What do you think? Do you believe that this happened about 2,000 years ago? With your head? Have you looked into it? I cannot believe the number of serious seeming humans who have never looked into this, who have never researched it, who have never looked into the historical evidence. If you do believe it, Remind ourselves, he has risen, which proves that the good news that he brought is indeed good. One of the proofs of the resurrection. Oh, we missed, we didn't get my picture in? That's all right. I had a really sweet picture of my son. What, was there? It's not showing up on. Oh, it doesn't matter. One of the greatest proofs of the resurrection is what day it is that we're worshiping on. Because at the time that Jesus rose from the dead, no one worshiped on Sunday. Did you know that? 18 minutes before sundown on Friday, God's people began their Sabbath celebration. And then a small but ever-increasing group of people said no. Because this carpenter rose from the dead, proving that all he said was true, we're gonna start meeting on Sundays to worship him and to say, every Sunday He is risen. This is a calendar that my wife makes for our family and for us, and I love it. There's the first day of the week. Sunday, April 9th. We now know of as the Lord's Day. These people were willing to go to prison, to die for. People were willing to go to prison. They changed when they worship. Many died simply for saying Jesus, and not Caesar, is Lord. It's an incredible change in history. We worshiper is risen Christ in some doubt, and listen, your doubts are part of your faith. Your emotional doubts that are harder to name, which you experience more in some places than others. Your mental doubts, Doubts, your, your actual questions about the text or the story of Christ, they are part of your faith. Someone asked me once, very soon after a loved one had died, where that loved one was. And then they said, Are you sure? after I said heaven. And it haunted me in the moment, it felt like electricity was shot from that person into me? I said, yes. And the reason is, for me personally, the the historical fact of the resurrection and the number of witnesses who attested to it, the number of witnesses who were willing to die for it even after opposing it until Jesus appeared to them is how I could answer with some amount of confidence even though the question still haunts me because of the energy. How do you doubt? How do you do it? Do you do it in conversation? Do you read? Do you pray? Most humans pray. I would encourage you to pray your doubts. Mine often look like this. Lord, sometimes I don't have the energy to say them all, but I still want to say them to them. I love that Matthew records this. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Because they had similar questions to us. They've had similar circumstances that make faith more challenging. We don't know what they doubted. Maybe Jesus looked so much like other people, they were like, is that actually him? They couldn't get close. I don't know. Matthew doesn't record it. It just mentions that they doubt. What do you doubt? Where do those doubts live in you? I hope you engage them. We worship a risen Christ in doubt as we receive. In my notes, I changed it from his to the reward. You can change it or not. I just think about words a lot. And this is an interesting word because it doesn't sound like most of the ways that we describe faith. We receive faith by grace, not from anything that we do. We receive new life from Jesus here and in the next life because he pursued us and called us to himself in love. And yet, in Matthew 6, Jesus says multiple times that there's a reward. What's the reward? It is the peace that surpasses all understanding, it's joy, confidence in God and his purposes that we are included in. It's him. him. It, 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 It is being in relationship with him. That is the reward. This was a challenging week for the disciples. Thursday, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, and they're kind of confused, probably. He washed their feet, showing again that his followers love everyone in their life, even enemies. Friday, they were horrified and confused, shattered, watching him die an ugly, painful death. Saturday, they begin grieving. And then Sunday, they begin to hear news that they could not believe. And they started to go back to what he said. Wait a minute. Remember when he talked about the sign of Jonah? And they started remembering his teachings and they started following them with new passion and life. One of the sweetest rewards is knowing who we worship with such clarity. That is what's different about human beings. We get to choose what to worship. And that's what's such a wonderful gift of the gospel of Jesus is we know who we worship and that he's worthy of it. Is there reward in this life or the next Yes, is the answer. We receive the gift of joy and peace and righteousness, Romans fourteen seventeen in this life and in the next. And that doesn't mean that we are happy all the time. We still grieve because we have still lost in this life, but here's one of the questions that Jesus answers definitively through the resurrection. For a follower of Christ, does death have the final word? No. I heard someone say recently that at every funeral there are two preachers, and one of them is death, attempting to convince us that there isn't purpose, attempting to destroy. Community. But if Jesus walked out of that tomb, having come back to life, then that is not the end of the story. And that doesn't take away our grief, but our grief goes in concert with our hope. This is why we put flowers on the cross. Not only because in Christ we receive new life, but we know that death will not have the final word. And the sweetest reward is what Jesus says at the very end of this. I am with you always to the end of the age. The greatest need that we all have is to be reconciled to God. None of us has the ability to do that. Jesus did it for us, and we receive that by faith. And friends, that will help you sleep at night. Sounds really mundane, right? But faith is actually that good. It is actually that relevant to every moment of our life. It is actually that life-giving. Many of you have been Christians for a long time, and I hope that you're encouraged by that. Some of you are considering trusting Jesus with your life and with your decisions. The news is that true, that peace and life-giving, and that good. I hope that you talk with God about your questions. I hope you have trusted friends you can talk with about your doubts. And I hope that you do not wait long because the life and the joy and the peace are real and they are ours forever. Would you pray with me? Father, we trust you. Help us to trust you. Jesus, we praise you for coming out of the tomb alive to give us life, reconciling us to you and to the neighbors you've put into our life. Holy Spirit, comfort us in your love. Amidst all of the darkness and the griefs we carry with us, comfort us. Father, Son, and Spirit, we love you and trust you Fill us anew with passion in that love and ability to trust and obey and follow you. Amen.